Welcome to the Cool Sister Podcast, where I, Chloe, nurse anesthetist, mom, and clothing brand owner, talk about crap no one told you about motherhood. So put it in AirPod, do dishes, do laundry, do nothing, and listen to your cool sister dish on all things motherhood. My aunt texted me today. She was like, I listened to Chloe's first podcast. Who said that? It's really good. My aunt. My aunt Rosie. Shut up. Aunt Rosie, I'm dying. Okay. So for everyone that is going to listen, um, I'm Chloe, obviously, and this is Courtney. We called her C-Dub in high school. So if you hear me call her C-Dub, that's why. Um, <laughs> we've known each other literally. What year was it? Like 2005? I think I put Had to be because we graduated 09, right? Yeah, it's wild. It seems oh, wait, like so that makes it six. Yeah, that picture with the huge Von Zipper sunglasses really dates it. But um, uh, it's been a million years. It feels like like decades, um, truly. But so for this part of it, I'm gonna ask you. You know, if there, and I'm gonna ask every guest that comes on, if you could be one mom in pop culture, um, out of movies, TV like just famous for being famous like who would you choose who most fits your vibe as a mom um so this answer will not surprise you um I'm <laughs> really bad with pop culture <laughs> oh my god I hope you just get the first and the last name right <laughs> <laughs> um so I was thinking okay who like who would I really want to be who do I love of course like Hillary Duff it has to be Hillary Duff you would say Hillary Duff. Do you want to know who I would pick for you? <laughs> okay, who? Kristen Cavallari. Like, oh my forever. god. Okay, wait. I didn't get that far. She's definitely my second pick. Okay, but Hillary Duff's pretty good. I mean, who did you see her um, lifestyle shoot? I think it was Lifestyle Magazine. Yeah, and she's like naked. I'm literally obsessed with her. And then I just wish I was cool enough to name my daughter Banks. But oh yeah, that's I just lived through her. That's a real one. Um, we've just known each other so long. Like I was just reflecting, thinking about just interviewing you, I guess, and just our friendship over the years. And like, I can't even literally, we can't even record on a podcast. Our like catchphrases that we used to say in high school. <laughs> no. so, we were like obsessed with super bad. And um, when I think about like if Isla and Everly, so Isla's my daughter, she is three and Everly, how old's Everly? She'll be two in September. Okay, so the girls are very little, and can you imagine the vile things that we used to say to people <laughs> coming no, out of in, their mouth? In just, like, 12 years from now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's really, I mean, 12 years is a long time. We're still very cool, hip, and young, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 12 years doesn't Ugh. seem like that long in hindsight. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, how did we get here? Um, so one of the topics that I wanted to talk about was friendship in motherhood, and kind of how I mean we've just been friends forever so do you feel like our friendship has changed in becoming moms I feel like our friendship has changed just in the sense of like now if we don't talk for a week or so it's literally because our lives are just so crazy like or or a month you know what I mean yeah it's it's just time we we both just know like oh life is so crazy and then when we do chat and we do hang out it's even more special and more sweet because usually we'll have our kids um so yeah yeah. I feel like when you're friends with someone before your moms and then well we became moms like kind of at the same time but um your friendship just takes a deeper level I guess like You go from your world revolving pretty much around yourself and your husband, your relationship, whatever. And then you truly need like a tribe to rely on in terms of just like supporting you through different life happenings, I guess. I don't know. So I always feel like relationships deepen. And then like just watching our boys together. um, They're both five, right? Is Hudson Hudson just Hudson turned six. Yeah. Like two weeks ago. Oh, that's right. So they're like, but they're close. They're at least like less than a year apart yeah I and think just to see exactly them play apart. what'd you say I think they're exactly nine months apart <laughs> I've done the math yeah. multiple times <laughs> oh my god I'm bad I have not done the math I'm like yeah, Hudson's five right um I'm the worst um but just seeing them together I mean is so heartwarming and that alone you know deepens friendships I think just seeing like someone that you've 
known for so long and then seeing both of your kids like start to bond and like make friendships even though we live like whatever an hour hour and a half away from each other like when we do get together like you said it's like no time has passed and then the memories are so special because they're not only our memories there are kids too yeah no and it's like missing a kid's birthday party makes me so sad because it means that much more like you know what I mean I know I'm sorry I missed Hudson's birthday this year (laughs) yeah you were working (laughs) it's kind of important but no I was just as sad I was like oh my god like what and if it wasn't for freaking t-ball season but again like that's the thing about moms and being friends in motherhood is that we kind of understand each other you know yeah we totally get it it's not anymore of just like, oh, you didn't come. It's just life is so busy with all these kids and working and doing a million things. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I think that another thing that no one really talks about in friendships and motherhood is like how lonely it can be at times. Yeah. And did you have you ever felt lonely? Like after you had your kids, did you ever feel like, because you're the first one to have kids in your family? Yes. Kind of. Not Bobby's. Oh, but. for sure. Yeah. And Bobby's my husband for anybody who's curious. Um, <laughs> we got to like character um, analyze everyone. Um, but yeah, so he has, of course, all these nieces and nephews, but they are way older than our kids. So um, yeah, I, I for sure felt lonely. Thankfully, within our friend group, we all had pretty young kids. But yeah, I mean, it's, I think everyone feels it even when they have a huge tribe, right? Like, how do you not feel lonely? Yeah, it's just hard. I mean, I even being on maternity leave for as long as I was um, for each of my kids, like there's just a component of it where, you know, at the end of the day, you're like with your kids all day. And yes. No one has the time to just hang out with you all day. So you're just like staring at the wall doing dishes and like wondering if you've heard anything besides your own <laughs> thoughts and Coco Melon literally all day. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it, I, it's yeah, isolating, I, I you know, so lonely now. Like, and I have three kids. I know. Because of that exact reason. Like, it's isolating because you're just here with them. (laughs) My sister and I, Crystal um, is my sister. She lives down the street from me, um, for those who don't know. But um, she'll just randomly text me, hey, want to get a McFlurry? Or like, (laughs) hey, I'm going to get sushi. And like, (laughs) I feel so bad, Crystal, if you're listening, lo siento. Um, But she, I, nine times out of ten will say no because I'm freaking so busy. I'm like, dude, I'm in the middle of bath time or like... I have X, Y, and Z to do tonight after be- the kids go to bed because I always have a friggin' to-do list. But um, I think it's a part of that, you know, loneliness. And at the end of the day, you're like, oh, my God, I just need to be with someone else. And I am like a ser- – I call myself a serial caller because I'll, like, call – I've called you before. And I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, my God, I'm just going to call Courtney and see if she answers. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just how I am. I just have to communicate with other people. I guess it's just, like, combating the loneliness. Definitely. Um, because there's just, I feel like mom friendships are just so necessary in that way that you yeah, have to and just have sending, someone. Sending the text to like vent and also the other person knowing that you're not complaining. Like you're just telling them about the situation. Like that's something in motherhood I've gotten better at over time is like when anyone texts me and I don't know if I've said these words to you particularly, but people will text me and like complain and I'm like, okay, do you want my advice or are you just venting? No, I feel like I should always ask the same thing though, because sometimes you actually do want advice, but usually no, you just want to vent. (laughs) Yeah. Like truly nine times out of 10, like I said, it's just to get it out there and like get it off your chest. And I am the biggest know-it-all, you know, of all time. So I'm like, let me tell you how to fix this. And like, sometimes people aren't looking for a fix. They're just looking to tell you that like, you know, their husband sucked that day or whatever the case may be just to complain about it, I guess. Yeah. Um, So not to dive in, like my goal is to not cry during this. Um, So I'm 21 weeks pregnant and um, I got a phone call gosh, it feels like yesterday, but I guess it was like a month ago. I don't know. Yeah. Just about like three, four weeks ago. Um, and I got a call that my second trimester screening was abnormal and the genetic counselor was going to call me later that day. And that uh, all they could tell me was that it was positive for down syndrome. And so obviously I was spiraling and I was out on my way to LA for like the brand stuff, but um, 
after that, it was an anatomy scan the next day, a high-risk OB appointment. And, of course, it was my son Jackson, his preschool graduation party day. So my husband stayed back for that. My mom went with me to the anatomy scan. And I had the uh, NIPT test drawn at that point. I was just going to remind and, you you had that too. I don't even know if, when did I call you? Did I call you, you the night before? Did I text you? Or no, the night before the, the morning, anatomy scan. In the morning, in the morning, yeah. Uh, before the anatomy scan. Before the anatomy scan. Yeah, so um, I was not doing well. I mean, there's just something about, get, like I said, it, I'm in healthcare. And so that like part of me as a mom is so controlling and like, that'll never be me is just what I keep saying that this was made me reflect on that, you know, I've always thought like, oh yeah, people get cancer or like this and that, but like, that's not going to be me. That's not going to be us. And like all of a sudden, like this was a possibility for our family. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I just will never forget the things that you said to me. I mean, I posted it on that reel, all your responses to everything I said, but when someone gets bad news, especially when it comes to your kids and your life, it's hard for people to react to that. Don't you think? Yeah, it, it definitely is. And I mean, even when you texted me, like you're obviously, you're always up way before me. So I woke up and looked at my phone and saw your text and I opened it and, um, I sat there for a minute and was like, how do I reply subtly, supportively, and like not too jolly? You know what I mean? Because I feel like some people are, you know, instantly go to like, everything's going to be okay. And I hate when people do that. So I like try to not say everything's going to be okay, but I try to be, you know, focus on the positives and, um, I mean, ultimately, of course, it is going to be okay, no matter what the outcome, but you don't want to hear that right away. Like you just want like somebody to be like, yeah, it's interesting because I just got so many texts back and like, this is not a, like, I'm not hating on anyone that said these things to me or anything like that. It, I mean, people don't know what to say, honestly. And no, they don't. I was such a freak Courtney like I dropped Jackson off at school and I had been bawling for literally like 12 hours my eyes were jacked up I mean I looked literally crazy I dropped Jackson off at school and the teacher goes how are you feeling and I'm like not great this baby might have downs like I (laughs) I word vomited all over this woman it's and not funny at all. We shouldn't be laughing. It's it it, it it's coping. I mean, it's just it's real coping, life. And I can picture you doing that too. And you should have seen her face, Courtney. She her eyes almost I can't imagine. She was she was completely uncomfortable. <laughs> and I honestly wasn't because I was just so numb and like didn't even care, right. obviously. But I was it, it's hard it was for me to lie to, to people. It's hard for me to lie to people. And so when people are like, How's your pregnancy? I'm like Half of me is like, do I just dump all this stuff on this Mm -hmm. stranger (laughs) or do I lie? And I'm like, everything's great. And like you said, everything's going to be fine in the end. So it's not technically a lie. So I did do that like nine times out of 10 while we were waiting for the results. But it's so hard to like figure out what to say to someone in those times. And I, I hope that, you know, that I will never forget how you reacted to it because, um, you know, there were other people that reacted like not as great or, and and it's hard because who's to say what's the right way or the wrong way to react for someone. Like I've been in a long time that people just do the best they can and they say what they think is right. And it's not malicious. It's just all they know how to do, you know, but exactly. No. And I was just so happy that I could be that comforting for you because I think that's always the goal, right? Like when somebody's going through something really crappy, you just want to be able to support them the best way that you can. Well, and then again, it just deepens friendships, you know, like these are the times that will keep with us forever and that we will, we take on with us forever. Like you just don't forget these moments. And I'm like such a big person about like key moments in life. And like, this is just definitely one where, um, I'll never forget how you reacted to it. And for everyone, the 
um, results were negative for the like deeper genetic screening on the baby. So this baby is not going to have any chromosomal abnormalities, which, um, you know, I hate to say was like a blessing for us because, you know, any kid is a blessing. Any baby is a blessing regardless. Um, but you know, it was something that we were working through. Like, is this going to, what's our life going to look like, you know, going yeah. forward. And, and my, I don't, I don't think you should feel like you should say, should feel like you have to say that you hate to say that because I think any parent of a child with any form of disability would probably say that they don't want that situation for anybody else. You know what I mean? So I don't think you should feel guilty for saying that it was a blessing that everything came back negative. So I just, I feel like you should know that because I'm sure that is like a hard, like it's a tightrope to, to walk. Like, Oh, do I make people uncomfortable? I know. Like I kept saying, even with the genetic counselor, the high risk doctor, I'm like, so if this baby's normal and I just like felt like crap saying like normal, because you know, I'm such a control freak that like, this is abnormal, but like it's other people's norm and you know, their lives are just as beautiful. So it's, Exactly. But that's the thing too, is that even if your baby did have downs, it would be just as beautiful and you guys would have found a way, but it doesn't mean that that wouldn't have had lots of grieving and lots of coping that came with it. So ultimately, yes, like your baby is healthy and you should be celebrating that. And that's awesome that you guys received that news. I know you just know all the right things to say. It's weird. Like, are you, <laughs> like, are you my therapist? Can I hire you? I did get a therapist though, for those wondering. I was like, okay, I got a therapist. My sister had a really bad postpartum anxiety. So I called her and I was like, hey, what's your girl's number? Because she, my sister moved to Tennessee and this therapist can't cross state lines. So she was free, at least from my sister's therapy sessions. And so uh, she's been awesome. So this is like a, bring in PSA for like get the help that you think you need and totally. I was like I told her I was like if these genetic results come back abnormal like I'm gonna need to see you twice a week for a while just to yeah. be able to like you know because you want to be there for your other kids there's mom guilt there's like yes. all of these things that are associated with like taking time for yourself and well no you know, I thought that was so great that you did that like I I, I really just didn't know to what to do at so all I was for... like who can I who can I reach out to I didn't know what to do so I just yeah. had to do something, I guess. I don't know. It was, it was just... just so productive of you to to know that you should do that right away. Yeah, well, my other sister is a therapist, so she's been telling me yes. for years. <laughs> she's been telling me for years that I need yeah. a therapist, which, like, I am a firm believer that everyone could benefit from therapy regardless. So, I mean, 100%. I'm... And Crystal also thinks I should be in therapy, so shout out, Crystal. <laughs> Um, we'll tag her, um, on the bio of this episode just to give her some, um, clients, but, um, um, so we can move to talking about Bennett. I, um, how old's Bennett? Bennett just turned four in April. He is four. And do you want to talk about his diagnosis or anything like that? I can talk. Yep. I can talk about it. Um, so Bennett was diagnosed with um, mild to moderate autism when he was two years, 10 months. Um, I mean, it definitely like rocked our world. It still does rock our world. I'm still not going to therapy for it. (laughs) (laughs) Not everyone has to go Courtney, but everyone could benefit, but, but I also need to go. It's like a double-edged sword. (laughs) I know, but no, it's fine. I, we're, we're all dealing with it. Um, and we're doing with dealing with it really well, I would say. It's it's actually crazy to me that it's been over a year since his diagnosis. But um, I know it seems like yesterday. So it does. when you told me it was right before yeah. their birthday, birthday party. So th- yeah, it was Hudson's fifth, right? And Bennett's, Bennett's third. third. And it's crazy, like how you mentioned like core memory. I don't exactly remember the word you said of this time for you. Um, I will never forget when I texted you and I was in the kitchen and I was just thinking, okay, I have to tell Chloe. And this was kind of like at the point where, um, my son has sensory processing disorder. So, um, he does a lot of things that are noticeably different. Like he jumps up and down, he runs back and forth. So I was thinking, 
okay, I need to tell like my closest friends. So when they come over, I don't have to tell them face to face because I'm not there yet. Like I couldn't even say it out loud. So I remember thinking, okay, I need to text Chloe. And it was early into his diagnosis because if he turned four, three in April and he was diagnosed at two years, 10 months, it was what, February? Yeah, February. So it was probably two months after his diagnosis. And I hadn't told like anyone um, at all. I wouldn't even talk to my mom about it. Mom, if you listen, sorry that I didn't let you in. She was really worried and like would ask Bobby how I am. Um, but I just, I couldn't talk. I couldn't speak it because I just, I couldn't handle it. So, but I texted you, I was standing in the kitchen and, um, I just, I remember just texting you in there and crying. And I remember you saying, you know, like court, like, oh my gosh, I remember you said something along the lines of I'm crying. Like, like, I cannot believe this, but I will never forget that moment standing in the kitchen, texting you and, and you responded so well to me. And I think that was what I, I, I. I appreciated when people who were so close to me and knew me before and knew my kid before the diagnosis that when they reacted with sadness and sorrow and grief with me, like I needed that because a lot of people tried to put on the happy face and I didn't want to be happy. Like I wanted to be sad and I wanted people to kind of be sad with me. And like, it made me feel better about being sad about it. Like it made you feel like your feelings were more valid or? Yes. And then it let me just feel it too. It let me feel like, oh, okay, they're going to be sad. It is sad. Like this is sad. Like, thank you for being sad with me because it it let me feel my sadness, which was something that I really tried not to feel with it because I tried to just not deal with it. Which is normal, a normal reaction in any type of like abnormal diagnosis. And it's weird because even with like our genetic you know, scare, I call it a scare. It's not, all this, all these terms are weird, but the genetic scare with the baby, you like, don't know how you're going to react. And like, no. that's how I was. And I remember sitting on my toilet when I, no, I wasn't on the toilet. <laughs> I wasn't like <laughs> lid closed going <laughs> lid freaking closed people. Um, but I, t- I like woke up super, I was not sleeping during that whole time. And I was sobbing in my bathroom by myself. And that's when I text you, like, I'm just not doing well. And again, you reacted so well, but I just didn't know what else to do. And, you know, you were just so, and I, I could feel how just like raw you were. And you, you literally said, you're like, I'm spiraling. I'm not doing well at all. Yeah. And what happened was I got a TikTok on my phone and it was like a seven-year-old boy and his like five-year-old Down syndrome brother. And they were talking about how much they love each other. And these, these TikToks are so sweet and they are so cute. And my sisters were like, oh, I want to send you like this, you know, Down syndrome TikTok that I found and, you know, and all these resources again, which is very sweet and they are beautiful. I mean, you know, I watched them before this, but when it becomes your reality, it changes your perspective on it and it just makes you worry. I mean, it's not about, you know, for me, that's what it does. It triggers worry. Like, it's exactly what it does. People all the time are like, do you guys watch Love on the Spectrum? And we tried to watch it. <laughs> you worry. Bobby, Bobby, it was so funny because um, I was like, I halfway through I'm like, the episode, I'm like, I don't like this. <laughs> it was like, why? I'm like, this is, this is making me very uncomfortable. Like, I don't like <laughs> seeing the reality of our life projected 20 years from now. And he was like, Oh no, I think Bennett's like, he was comparing it to one of the couples on the show. I think Bennett's a little more high functioning. And I go, babe, he doesn't even hold conversations. <laughs> well, and if he's, nobody knows Bobby that's more... listening, nobody knows Bobby that's listening, but he is literally like dad of the year. Like our, my husband <laughs> and your is. husband, Elias and my husband's Elias, Elias and Bobby are a lot alike except for Bobby has the outgoing component. Like they yeah. both have very core family values, very yes. just good men. Um, but Bobby is like Mr. Personality. He could talk to literally anyone for oh any, like yes. he's just the greatest dad. And in making this about me, when you told me about Bennett, I remember sobbing on the end of my bed. I will never forget it because Elias wasn't in the room at the time. And then he walked in midway and was like, what is going on? Like, are you okay? Like he was worried something had happened to someone. But I mean, for me, I was mostly devastated because I 
And I remember saying this to you. You did. You did. I remember now. I didn't want, I was sad that you ever thought that we would think anything other than Bennett is perfect and, and sweet and what, because, you know, you were worried that we would see him running back and forth, like you said, or doing these things and wonder why he was weird or why he was, you know, doing those things. Doing these weird things that look abnormal to people. Exactly. And, you know, I was just being selfish and like, and then you think about, you know, your friend you've known for so long and that you exactly. love so much and thinking about, you know, the, the trials of motherhood for your friend. I'm such an empath that like, you know, I just. Well, and that's why it's so hard to tell people that you really care about because you're kind of crushing a part of it's like when something bad happens to someone and you know, you have the info and you know, you have to tell this person. Right. And it's going to change their life forever. Not yeah, that this yeah. was life shattering, altering for you, but it's hard to tell people that you really care about because you know how much it's going to affect them. No, I'd never thought about it like that, but you're right. Well, even with like this whole um, genetic thing, it was, people were asking me, how's, you know, this person doing, how's this person doing like in our family? And I was like, honestly, I can't even think about myself. Like, I don't even know how I'm doing. Like, I can't even think about how other people are doing this scenario. Um, But Anyways, I took you, I took you kind of off topic, but you were talking about how, um, knowing me before and then, you know, knowing that I received that diagnosis, like it, it changes things. It's like, oh my gosh, Courtney's world has changed. Like, but you're such a good, like, I did want to touch on this a little bit too, Court, and like all the like advocacy you've done for Bennett and all of the, um, what is it? State funded stuff that he has or programs that he's a part of. Yeah. So he, um, he does a few things. He is a part of early intervention through the school district. Um, so he goes to special day class with the school district, the preschool. Um, and he's in a mild to moderate classroom. Sorry. I have a cough. I'm in the cough really quick. You can edit this out. Okay. No problem. Can I flag this? (coughs) Okay. I'm back. Okay, perfect. I'm going to put that da- timestamp. I think you're, sp- you're supposed to be able to flag this, but that's okay. Okay, continue. Okay, so he goes to um, special day class with the public school, and he's in a mild to moderate classroom, and he does that a few days a week. Um, and then everything else that he does is through our insurance. Thankfully, we have amazing insurance, and um, he gets behavioral therapy. He does 22 hours a week of behavioral therapy, um, an hour of occupational therapy and an hour of speech therapy. Um, and that's all on top of his. And that's every day. Well, it's every week he does all that. So with the school district, he, he gets some hours of therapy as well, but, um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, when he has his occupational therapy, speech therapy and behavioral therapy. So, yeah, I mean, our, our calendars are full for sure with his therapy. And thank you for acknowledging um, that you've noticed that because I have, I have worked really hard. And I think that was like my one main goal when Bennett first got his diagnosis was I went headfirst and Bobby's like, we would be nowhere without you. And I know it, but it's also kind of a toxic trait because I become super obsessed and I'll have days where I just obsess over it and I can't stop Googling and I find new therapies and I find new doctors and I want to do this. And then I have to have like a cool off period and like not think about it. Um, so I for sure obsess over it, but it's gotten us really far. So I'm kind of thankful. (laughs) No. Yeah. Well, as a mom, we obsess over everything. Like I will sit there and Google like a million freaking things just exactly. A virus, like if my kids have a cough, I'm like, well, what kind of cough is this? Like, what? Yes. And, and we just, like, should I do the humidifier? Or should I not? Or like, and I'm a medical professional, and I still <laughs> Google. It's like moms around the world, like Doctor Google. It, it's just the access to information is it is mother- motherhood nowadays is so different than it used to be because of straight access to information. I mean, and that's why I think this is going off on a tangent, but postpartum anxiety and possibly depression is probably linked to social media and like being able to Google every freaking thing. You could stay up all night and Google every single thing about your newborn. 
like, well, and, and I, I have, and and then on top of Google, is I have too. These, My mom, all these mom me. groups. Stop. Yeah, the mom groups. Oh, the mom groups. Yeah, mom I mean they're good. They can be very good. They can be very good, but they can be very yeah. bad as well. Very bad. Sometimes I look at posts on like mom groups and asking this one question, and there's 90 replies. And whenever it's about special needs, and people are on there like, "Oh no, don't worry, don't take your kid in." I'm the girl that's like, "Girl, don't listen to anybody here. You need to go. You need to go. Take your kid in. Like, don't listen to people telling you not to worry. You should worry. Like, <laughs> don't get behind. Like, don't listen to these girls. They don't know it's." <laughs> Oh my God. I am not, I'm not in whatever mom group you are, but I'm going to go on there just to see all your threads where you're like, no sis, take them in, take on everything. I've honestly only done it once, <laughs> but you're so like, I feel so strongly about this. This woman to needs worry. to take this. So funny. Oh my God. Yeah. The mom groups. Have you seen the TikToks that are like, um, I'm feeling like, oh, it'll say like, I'm feeling bored. So I'm going to put on the mom group. Should I um, front face my baby's car seat at nine months. Oh have you seen my that? God. And no. like, okay. It's... So you're also not gonna be surprised. I don't have TikTok. So, oh my God, Courtney, <laughs> you have to get a TikTok. Like Elias and I will sit and I don't know if any other couples can relate to this that are listening, but I can picture Elias doing this. He sends me TikToks all day long. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I'm not surprised. That he sits down and we sit down on the couch after the kids go to bed or even sometimes before and he's like, hey, want to watch the TikToks I sent you? And I'm like, it's so funny because 99% I've bust, I've almost peed my pants at some of the ones that he sent me, which is because it's so funny to just see what is funny to your significant other. Like I know my sister Crystal and her husband Ben are so different when it comes to humor that Crystal will send him ones and he's like, this is absolutely not funny. Like, Oh my gosh. And, and I can see Ben reacting. Like that. Yeah. And my other sister, Nicole, sends me ones about farts and burps and um, dogs. Those are Nicole. <laughs> Nicole. Nicole, if you're listening, like she's your girl. If there's any <laughs> fart TikToks out there, she will. Sorry, Nicole. And then she's like, I'm crying. I'm laughing so hard. And I'm like, Nicole, oh, my God. She's like, Daniel and I and her husband is the same. They have the same. I call it potty humor. humor. Yeah, potty humor. It makes me sound like I'm 90 years old, but whatever. Um, So let's talk about, let's do with these. Oh, God, it's like echoing. Um, Let's do some of the questions from Instagram that I got. Okay, perfect. Which, I mean, they're not super deep, but some of them are just like really interesting. So. Um, the first one is how do you handle being, or how would you handle being the only friend, uh, with kids in your friend group, which kind of talk circles back to the beginning when we were talking about that. Do you have any thoughts on it? Man. Um, I mean, I've never been there. Have you, you've been there. Yeah. In Elias's friend group. Yeah, we, uh, it's just Elias's, but yours and Elias's like immediate circle you have. Well, other than. That's kind of not true. It's it's weird because yes, we are the some of the you just have different friend groups, I think. And so, like in our friend friend group, um, we were the first <laughs> to have kids and friend friend. Like, what does that yeah, mean? Yeah, are like, we I'm making offending, sense? I'm offending all sorts of people. Yeah. Um, in the friends that we would regularly hang out with prior to kids, I'll put it that way. Um, we are one of the first to like start our family, I would say, um, Brandon and Rachel have, um, Logan who's the same age as Jackson. So they aren't included in this, but, um, you know, we just go longer without talking to people and our lives have changed and gone different ways. Then it's just hard to relate to people that don't have kids now. That's the thing. It's, it's so hard to relate to people and it's, it's weird. Like, um, no, that's going to sound bad. I mean, I, not that <laughs> you're like editing yourself. Okay. Let me run that back in my head. Real let quick. me backtrack that. I think it's just harder to have deeper relationships with people who don't have kids when you do have kids, because it's just the whole understanding. I don't know. It's weird. It's your life shifts so much, especially when you have a little baby. And I don't know if this person had a little baby or a toddler or an older kid, uh, probably little because once they become three or four and they're playing sports and they're in preschool, you're making parent friends, which is also a whole another stage of life. But yeah, it's interesting. It, it sure. is kind of weird. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't have advice on that because I have 
never been in that situation. Um, my only advice is get mom friends. Like, yeah, I mean, it's and but it's hard to find friends that um, relate to you. But at the same time, like I have girlfriends that you know don't vaccinate their kids. I'm obviously in healthcare. I vaccinate my kids. We've talked about vaccinations before, and it is a very hot topic. I'm not going to get into it. This is way too controversial. For I know. What pod. are you doing here, Chloe? No, but my point is, is like I have friends. I have mom friends that are different than me. And that make exactly. different decisions. And we've had discussions and we've agreed to disagree and not talk about it. Or, yeah. you know, so I think that you can find mom friends that are even different than you as long as, you know, you have enough in common or your kids love each other or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes you just have to respect the fact that like your old friends don't, that don't have kids aren't going to be able to relate to you for a while. And if they decide to never have kids, you know, you'll have to relate to each other on something else. And it really just comes down to like but and then again you just I feel like the friends that stick around when you have little kids and hang out it that's even more special because it's they so true have, they have other choices they could go be going on trips to Europe or whatever but they decide to like hang out with you and your kids yeah you know? on a Friday or Saturday night yeah and it's not easy to be around our age kids all the time I mean it's chaos no, it's chaos I know I was leaving uh, Ronnie, Elias's brother, has a friend, Jacob, and he's always around. Ronnie's always around. Jacob's always around. And um, I know it's kind of weird because Elias' brother's name is Jacob. I was going to say not Elias' brother, Jacob. No. Ronnie's friend, um, And so okay. we were saying bye because we've celebrated Elias' birthday over the weekend. And I was like, oh, bye, Jacob. Thanks for hanging out with my kids. And he plays with them. <laughs> and they love them. They're like, yeah. hey, what's up? And um, and he's like, oh, yeah, anytime. And I'm like, anytime, huh? He's like, well, here's the thing. <laughs> Like, yeah, he's not trying to like hang out with them outside no. of this type of scenario. No, but um, I was dying laughing because he has no desire to have kids, but he'll hang out with my kids, and that means a lot for people that don't have to, you know. And not even just hang out, but to play with them, engage. and entertain them, engage. Yes, yeah. It's, it's just because I, I mean, let's be real. Bobby is for sure the play parent. I'm like the. <laughs> isn't that dad though i'll set up your play-doh set but you want me to pretend make a cake like that's not happening (laughs) me i'm like play-doh get that the hell out of my house yeah you you don't even have play-doh so i guess i'm like who bought you that and i like got like i got i say trolled as like a verb but i got trolled on instagram about it mom's yeah i remember that yeah, it's good for sensory. I'm like, I understand. I was that, gonna say it- you got trolled probably from some occupational therapist, which um <laughs> not hating because that's part of my world, but I did think that was really funny because I saw it happening. I'm like, listen, lady, I know it's good for their minds and there's but it is not good for my spirit. It breaks me when it's rubbed into my couch and my rug and their clothes. So uh, there's other things we can do water beads, okay? Water beads, as long as they don't put them in their mouths. So water beads okay, are kind of out. Okay, wait. On my somebody head. just gave us water beads, and I was really upset about it. Yeah, they're choking hazard. I Everly think, but... put them in her mouth, and I, I was, I was so mad because I wasn't home when they happened. Yeah, Bobby just let them out in the lawn, and there were like two hundred of them. And the next morning, <gasps> I just spent like an hour smashing them into the lawn, and I was so upset. Yeah, they're yeah. That's interesting because I feel like. You definitely, it's like an older kid thing. Like you have to be like five plus. Oh yeah. Like with water beads. Once Lucia's super, super. Or put them in a Ziploc. Put them in a Ziploc. And then. Yeah. That's a good idea. That's a good sensory toy, Chloe. Wow. Look at you. Look at me. Just. What OT told you about that? I know. Well, I think I I have an OT on the lineup to interview. So I'll ask her uh, what to do. What alternatives there are to play though. Yeah. And she would say that anything in a bag, ice in a bag. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. In a bag, period. Um, somebody asked, too, how do you navigate self, self-proclaimed self experts on social media after you get a diagnosis? Oh. Have you dealt with that? Or yes. That's just like navigating okay. information online. Yeah. So I actually have um, someone who's a friend. I, I have to kind of not say much. There's somebody in my life who's older than me and... Um, I'm pretty sure their child has an autism diagnosis and anything I post that's related to Bennett, there's always a reply, but it's, um, it's kind of depressing. Like, oh yeah, dealt for this for years. Like, you're just going to have to wait and see, like, and that's so not my approach. Like, I, I 
I like to deal with every symptom of autism that I see, be it new or old. Like we are trying to, um, we're trying to uncover what's causing it. Um, so when these people reply to me and I feel like to me, they make me feel belittled because of how they talk to me and like, oh yeah, their child's older. And like I said, I'm pretty sure their child does have an autism diagnosis, but other than that, no, I have never had someone come at me who is like a self-proclaimed expert. And honestly, at this point, it's only been a little over a year. I feel so confident. And whoever asked this question, I hope they feel confident too, to put their foot down and just say, you know what? Like, it's my child's journey. Thank you for your advice, but um, we have everything under control. That's really what you have to say. And I feel so confident with the decisions that we're making. And it's probably the only area of confidence that I have in motherhood. And if somebody tried to tell me what to do, I would for sure be offended. And I would easily say, thank you. Handle it. No, thank you. Like I am, I'm good without you making me feel like you know what to do more than I do as the and parent. I, th- I think that's key. I mean, we all make, we, with anything diagnosis or yes. just like decisions to baby led weaning or yes. like we make the best call that we can. And like, anyone that wants to dm us and like tell us about it like that's the dark side of instagram is. is these people that come on that's why i don't post my kids much on like the brand page at least but um at simple heart co on instagram i'll plug it but um because people <laughs> i mean influencers get trolled all the time about the things they do for their kids and it's so crazy how entitled people become i know because you sh- because these influencers share so much of their lives, people become so entitled. Like they can tell you, like, do you ever comb her hair or like things that they say to people? And it's like, I how it's do these nasty. people get such big balls to say that to other moms? It's just, it's so toxic. That's a toxic side of Instagram. There are lots of beautiful things about finding communities, but yeah, there's a That's really dark toxic. side. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I mean, one- I totally if if somebody's doing something that's like. <laughs> forward facing their child at nine months old. Yes. Like let's yes. try and peacefully tell them, but people just need to back off. Yeah, I agree. And it, seriously, because I am a, a know-it-all be a healthcare provider. Like I have to yes. bite my tongue. So that's much. hard like, for I, you. I'm just not going to tell them that they're wrong or like, I'm just, just, it, it's really lost. We've lost the art of shutting the F up. That is truly like, a, that's yeah. a Bo Burnham quote from uh, special that crystal and i love but it's true like people sometimes just like keep your mouth shut let people do their thing unless it's hurting someone like don't get involved truly exactly um i have two questions about okay so one woman put mom i say woman like that makes us sound so matronly okay one mom said i always wanted a lot of kids now having two is so hard does it ever get easier Mm. was what was your hardest transition zero to one really was for sure. And Bobby and I both say this all the time, like to any parent who's a first time parent and they're like, how are you surviving? Um, I'm like, no, this is the hardest part. Like you, you're doing it. Like you're doing the hardest part right here. So it was the hardest part for us. Um, maybe one to two was a little shattering on the fact of, okay, you, you go from one of you being able to have a break every once in a while because the other parent is on one kid. And then when you have two kids, like nobody gets a break. So whoever this mom is that asked that question after two, I don't think there's a difference because you're already used to not having breaks. And then your oldest gets older. And then like, how easy is Jax right now? Yeah, super easy. He's like, why do I always have to get you Diet Cokes? (laughs) (laughs) Because bro, I'm tired, okay? And I'm pregnant. Can you please just get me a Diet Coke? And I don't want anyone coming after me for drinking Diet Coke in pregnancy. I just don't want to hear it. I do. Yeah, don't don't at us. Didn't we cover this? Yeah, exactly. Don't at us. Um, yeah, I, one to two was really hard for me, but we were potty training Jax when Oh my we gosh, brought- you potty trained Jax? Like, when Isla was like two days old. <laughs> yeah, that was dumb. I will I never literally- forget that. 
I asked Elias, I'm like, are we going to get a divorce? Because we had two kids. Like, this is wild. We couldn't, we couldn't stand each other. I mean, because I was a freak. I left for two minutes to go to Starbucks and Jax pooped on the floor. Like, I will never forget that. Oh so, I was so mad because he had been doing so well. And I left the house for one thing and he literally took a crap, like, right on the rug. So it was... That was not the brightest idea. So we potty trained Isla before we brought home Lucia. So then it was like already set in stone. So, which was very smart. Yeah, we lived and we learned through that one for sure. Um, okay, the last question is going to be um, What do you do when you have a friend or family member that has children? <laughs> I'm dying. This girl, this mom, I keep, girl, woman, I can't decide what to call each other, but this mom had said, like, I have a question, but I don't want to be an a-hole. And I'm like, you're not an a-hole. Just tell me. So this is what she said. What do you do when you have a friend or family member that has children that act unruly and it affects the way your kids act? Do you Wait, s- can we make this girl not anonymous? <laughs> no, um, you don't know her. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> and no, I would not do that just for the record. Oh, I love that you're like, wait, Courtney, you don't know her. I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I know. I would tell you off air if you knew her, you don't know her. <laughs> I was going to shout her out right now, but she knows who she is anyway. <laughs> um, but so what do you do when a friend or family member has children that acts unruly and affects the way your kids act? Do you say something? Do you let it slide since you only see them once in a while? Or do you slowly ghost them? <laughs> I mean, we have had some friends that we've had to like, Distance. Distance. And not even intentionally, but just that it, it just doesn't, it doesn't work for our family. And I think honestly, whoever mom this is, she's probably going to realize whatever's going to happen, it's going to happen naturally. And she's not even going to notice it. So she's just going to wake up three months from now and say, wow, I haven't seen them in a while. I wonder why. Like, it's just going to happen naturally. I think, I don't know what the right answer is though. Yeah, I guess it just depends on how close you are to them. If you're best friends totally. in the whole wide world, like kids, I think there's something to be said about kids working it out. Like my nieces and nephews are all very different and they're raised very different, which we all get into definitely on other podcasts, but um, they don't always get along. And my niece, <laughs> Phoebe, Phoebe, <laughs> gotta love Phoebe, our little foof. She is... Um, she has a strong personality. She's like me, but she's just, she won't say hello. And like Isla, so my daughter Isla is so um, emotional that it hurts her feelings when her cousin doesn't say hello to her when we see her or whatever. And for us, she's my sister. These are her kids. These are my, this is my family. So yeah. we obviously have no other choice. So it's like, I'll get down on Phoebe's level and say, you know, it hurts me when you won't say hello. And then usually that's enough for her to be like, Oh, it hurts you. Oh, okay. Like it, it translates different when you kind of say that kind of stuff. I'm, but just, I'm much more upfront about things. Um, yeah. When it comes to that kind of stuff. But again, it's just depends on how close of friends you are. Um, but if you have to slowly go someone, you gotta slowly go. <laughs> if it's for your kids, well being. You got to go someone sometimes. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like if you're really good friends with them and you don't want to lose the friendship, like definitely bring it up. But I mean, I, w- I want to know like how ruly they are. Now I'm so curious. Like, like unruly, like are they hitting your kids or it seems like yeah. they're acting out and then this mom's kids are then acting out, which, which is basically how, how annoying is it to you? If it's super, super annoying to you and you can't even have fun where you're at, then like not worth it. Yeah, like, I totally agree. You can have oh, yeah, just don't hang out with them if that's not fun. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Ghost them. But I mean, but if it's, uh, yeah, it's not worth a comment. People get so offended. I would be so sad I know. if someone was like, hey, we stopped hanging out with you because your kid's like, yeah, actually, naughty. yeah, I change it. Don't tell them that it's because their kids. Yeah, unless it's your <laughs> family. I, do. I have told my sisters. I have told my sisters, like, how I feel about things, like, which is uh, my therapist has said has done good things for me and has also done bad things for me. So I don't know what I recommend in this scenario. <laughs> you got to decide. Wait, your current therapist have told, has told you this. Exactly. I'm like, oh man, so I should change. And she's like, well, it has benefited you. I'm like, you're right. All right, continue. <laughs> you're like, wait, forward. now I'm getting mixed answers. What do I do? Um, is there anything else that you want to say or talk about? 
Um, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to ask me? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I think we got a good, I think it's good. I think it's good too. I am so grateful that you opened up and talked about Bennett. I think it really will help other moms that are dealing with any type of diagnosis with their kids and like just knowing how to support your friends and be there for them. Like even, even you just saying like bringing it home from what we've talked about, like you literally said, I'll come be with you. And, and that's not, that doesn't work for everyone, but uh, my love language, one of them, I'm like one of those women where all five of the love languages are my love languages. So like (laughs) quality time. Yeah. If you just tell me you'll come sit with me, like that means the world to me. So um, if anyone out there that's listening has a friend that's, you know, going through something rough like this with their kids or a pregnancy diagnosis like mine, um, just telling them that you'll come sit with them or take them to coffee or do just do something that or to be there for them. Yeah. And just to tell them that like you love them and that it's okay to be sad and it's okay to hurt. Like, I think those are really good. Yeah, I mean, Thanks. saying it's God's plan or, you know, there's all these cliches that get thrown around and stuff like this yeah. happens, which, we don't again, say it's, it, it's because people don't know what to say that they say them, I think, yes. a lot of the time, which it's not malicious, again, and it's no. what you feel like, the only thing that you know how to, what to say, you know, but um, they're just kind of fillers and they don't really help, so... I think that that's a takeaway for anyone listening is um, just how to help support your friends through things like this or how to ask for help from your friends if you get some a diagnosis that's disappointing. So I love you and I appreciate you um, talking to me. I love you so much. Thank you for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Okay, good. I'll text you. <laughs> okay. Okay. T-T-Y-L. Bye. Okay, bye. Hey, cool moms. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you. So leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Instagram at cool sister pod to stay up to date on all things cool sister and cool motherhood. So ironically, one of my sisters was the one that told me about anchor and I was shocked at how easy it was. You download the app, record the podcast, record really anything. Um, You can upload it to Apple podcasts or Spotify directly from your phone. It is literally foolproof, so easy, so quick. I recorded my first episode in 15 minutes and uploaded it just to get a head start. So anyone can use it. Would recommend five stars from this cool mom.